1: This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest.
0: Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm Wendy Jones. And I am the host of this program, and also, as you all know, owner and operator of Next Steps for Seniors, the business, which is located in Michigan. But our goal for the program is really to just share information. And, you know, we all age, we don't like to talk about it, but it happens. And guess what? It happens to everybody. (laughs) Nobody is like excluded from this process. With that being said, What I like to talk about on this program is the things that nobody else really talks about, and it's aging, and it's different topics as they relate to healthcare. We've had topics such as elder law attorneys and what documents you need to have in place. We've talked about funerals. We've had different people on regarding cemetery plots. But this week is going to be nursing, and it's going to be nursing because nurses are on the front line. They're right there when we need them. And uh, sometimes we take them for granted, I'm not going to lie, and I'm probably just as guilty as we all are of that. But the topic today is nursing for a reason. So I have Denise Robertson with me. Good morning, Denise. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. And Denise is a doctor of nursing practice, and she's a registered nurse, an RN, and she's going to kind of educate us a little bit about you know, what is really nursing and the different types of nurses. And I mean, these are things that we really should know. But a lot of us, we just hear the word the word nurse and we're like, oh, that's a nurse. But there's so much more to it. So we're grateful, Denise, to have you here today. So talk to us a little bit because you've been a nurse for years. And you've been in the industry. You've worked in hospitals. You've been in management. So you have a lot of experience. So tell us, our listeners, you know, what really is
1: nursing. So first of all, Wendy, thank you so much for inviting me. So happy to be able to share some information about nursing with you. So when I really looked at, you know, looking and examining what, what is nursing, I've been in nursing for over 40 years. So a lot of experience. The American Nurses Association really Kind of defines the scope and standards of practice, and that includes something that very wide range of things. We protect, we promote, we optimize the health and abilities of our patients, we prevent illness and injury, we facilitate healing, alleviate suffering, and we really are focused on the human response that patients have to their health and health challenges. So we also then advocate for. Both the individuals, the families, groups, and communities, and really whole populations of people. The other thing about nursing is that we do have a code of ethics. So, really, nursing is a very ethical um, profession, and. There are a number of provisions within our uh, standards for ethics and our code of ethics, and we really practice with compassion and respect for the dignity of the human being, their worth, the the unique attributes of every single person, and there is a number of them. But nurses, again, promote and advocate for patient rights, health, and safety, and, you know, in addition to that, um, we owe that also to ourselves as nurses. So the nurse owes the same duties to ourselves as we do to others. So, again, promoting our health and safety, preserving wholeness of character and integrity, competence, and continual personal and professional growth. So there's a whole host of ethical attributes within the nursing profession. And,
0: and I've got to tell you, as you're, as you're saying all of those things, and I'm thinking this, and listeners, I'm sure you are too, nurses do a lot. They do a lot. And when you were talking about the code of ethics, I, I believe that what I saw in nurses during the pandemic truly rose above the rest. I mean, there were nurses that slept in the hospitals. There were nurses that never went home because they didn't want to get their family sick, but they would care for patients. I mean, I'm going to like cry as I'm thinking about it, but but these are the, this is what nurses do. And when you said code of ethics, there is, I mean, besides our fire and police, there are people out there that are doing the same, but nurses are on the front line they're constantly there. They're always there. And we need to not take that for granted. So I'm so grateful, Denise, to have you today. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you personally for being a nurse all those years. It's amazing what you've done and the people you've been able to affect along the way. It's, it's just remarkable. So hats off to nurses, honestly, because you really do a lot.
1: Yeah, nursing is one of those very unique professions. And just kind of adding on to what you said, in a hospital setting in particular, even before the pandemic, but with the pandemic, you realize that although nurses are part of a multidisciplinary team, so we work with a lot of different disciplines and we interact with physicians and other caregivers and diagnostic testing and all of those other things, but every single patient in the hospital has a nurse assigned to them 24 7. Everyone else While everybody is important, the realization that the nurses are the front line and they are really implementing the entire plan of care um, that is, you know, appropriate for that patient. So really, when you think about that, I think it really does uh, make you realize that, you know, nursing care is why hospitals exist, really, because patients need 24-7 care when they're in the hospital and nurses are the ones that provide that.
0: And and anyone who's been in the hospital, I'm just going to say this, when you're sitting in that hospital bed, you look up on the wall straight in front of you and you will see a big huge board, usually some type of whiteboard, but in the number one person on that board is the nurse. Here's your nurse for the day. Hi, my name is Cassandra or whatever. And and every nurse that comes in, they erase that other name and they put their name. Because when you're a patient, you look up and you think, that's my person. Yep. That's the person right there that's responsible for me right now, today. And the next day, it's someone different. And the next day, it's someone different. But that's my person.
1: Absolutely. And
0: when you're scared and you're in the hospital and you don't know what's wrong, Let me tell you, that nurse becomes a very important person to you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit, because there's different
1: types of nurses. Absolutely. So registered nurses, and it really kind of is uh, related to educational preparation. So there are... LPNs, which is a licensed practical nurse. There are RN, registered nurses. And then there are nurses that have advanced degrees like nurse practitioners, um, nurses with doctorates, either a PhD, which is really um, focused on um, doing research. And then the doctorate in nursing practice is really taking research and Um, implementing it in practice, assuring that research gets implemented into practice. Because there's a lot of things that change every day. Oh, gosh, yes. You know, it's ever-evolving. Obviously, new information comes out. So all of the time it's a constant and that's one of the things that even within the code of ethics talk about you know maintaining competence and growing in in your profession or in your profession because it isn't something it's not a one and done kind of thing Absolutely it's not. it's continuous constant. it's yep. constant yep. there's no doubt you've got to learn and evolve so what
0: other types so you said RN and LPN Correct okay
1: And then, you know, there's nurses who are in administration or management, and they can be an RN, an LPN, and it also depends on the setting. So, you know, most of my career has been in the hospital setting, although I've also practiced in, um, you know, in a a cardiovascular practice as a nurse practitioner. So you see nurses in a variety of settings. Um, LPNs, interestingly, for the last several years have... um, been staffing our skilled nursing facilities. I will say with the pandemic and with the nursing shortage, which I'm sure we'll touch on some more, but, you know, that nursing shortages kind of uh, evolve over time. They come and go. The pandemic has obviously impacted that, but to the point where LPNs are actually coming back into the hospitals as well. So you may see LPNs at the skilled nursing facility within the hospital. um, And depending on where they practice, you might uh, notice a little bit of a difference. For example, in the hospital, the RN, who is the registered nurse, really oversees the care of the patient. And the LPN does help and participates in the planning, implementing, um, and evaluating that nursing care just as she, and she works with the registered nurse. So uh, again, we have nurses, though, in home health care. So those are the nurses that would come out and visit patients in their home after they've been discharged from the hospital or even if they haven't been in the hospital um, I think I mentioned administration, so there's managers, um, and again, that's in every aspect, no matter what setting that is. Um, and we talked about an NP, an NP is actually um, has an advanced degree, and really in the state of Michigan for example they have a national provider number so they can prescribe things they work in collaboration with the physician and and That's implement- a nurse practitioner right yes okay so yes. we're going to get
0: into more of this in our next segment because this is valuable information we'll be back in just one moment this is Wendy Jones and you're listening to the Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400 welcome back to our next steps for seniors program we are here today with Denise Robertson, and as you can tell, she's a wealth of knowledge, and we need to know this information, listeners. This is, this is information that anyone who's ever been in a hospital, nursing home, rehab, any type of community, it's good information to know. And, and I just want to start with, we appreciate our nurses. I would just want to say thank you. Any nurse out there listening, we thank you for what you do each and every day. And you're not kidding, Denise. The Code of Ethics... Nurses rise to the stop, if you ask me. I mean, they just rise to the st- A car accident, they'll stop and get off out of the, you know, and it's just something they do. It's like innate. Yep. You know, I was at an event just recently and, and somebody passed out and the nurse just like ran over to them. You don't even, you're like, who is this person? But because they know what to do. So we just appreciate our nurses. But you were talking in the last segment about NPs, I think is where we ended. So that's a nurse practitioner. Correct. Okay, and they have a little bit more. Yes, yeah, so n-
1: nurse practitioners all have master's degrees in nursing. Now, you can specialize. Many NPs specialize in different areas. I myself as an NP focused on cardiology and I worked in a cardiology practice, but you see them in the obstetrics world, you see them in internal medicine. So, you can and you see them in the community whether that is a minute clinic, for example, where you could see an NP, or in rounding for physicians in skilled nursing facilities or hired by skilled nursing facilities to help round on patients there. So, and it's an advanced degree. It's more education. It is beyond um, an RN. And we talked a little bit about the RN and LPN. Typically, an LPN has about a year of nursing education. To become an RN, you can either get a two-year associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. So both of those currently are are, are available for nurses to pursue. Um, so really, NPs, Work with the physician, but they can develop a plan of care. They can see patients. They can write scripts too. They right? can write scripts. Absolutely, they can monitor lab work. You may very well see a nurse practitioner in your physician office. Um, I used to see patients regularly in the cardiology office, um, and then of course collaborate with our physician partners to you know review the plan, how the patient is doing, and and then. Um, you know, make adjustments as needed. So they are, you know, specialized. But there's other roles within nursing as well. There's case management. Um, So case managers, you will see them in the hospitals. You'll see them as part of your insurance providers often um, that monitor um, patients in the hospital. Case management really Um, works with patients to get them through the hospitalization and then identify what they need to transition from the hospital to wherever they're going next. Hopefully that's home. Sometimes that's a little stay in a rehab facility to gain strength, um, recuperate a little bit more. Um, and then in even in the insurance companies, there are case managers who typically will follow patients that have a chronic disease that needs, um, you know, kind of management. And I'll give heart failure as an example of that. Um, but the insurance providers have been doing virtual visits, if you will, follow-up phone calls. Even in, in your doctor's offices, many times there are case managers in the practices that also do follow-up and follow patients along, um, really for the length of time that the patient is being seen by that practice. In communities, so we talk, you know, about senior living communities versus skilled nursing facilities. Um, Many times, again, licensed practical nurses are in those um, facilities. But it is important to remember that all facilities, and even within the hospital, you know, there are nurse leaders and directors of nursing. So there's always a point person. There's always someone overseeing the nursing care. Nursing is a discipline in and of itself. So, you know, when I talked earlier about um, implementing the medical plan of care, there's also a nursing plan of care because, again, we as nurses are really focused on how patients are um, adapting and Mm -hmm. progressing and how they are managing their um, health along a continuum that, you know, as we talked about, as we get older... Typically we have a little uh, you know a few, a few more, more yeah a few more <laughs> challenges um, that that we have to deal with, but nursing is part of a team, and we also have certified nursing assistants, so these are um, assistive staff if you will that do do go through some training. Um, they are not licensed necessarily, but many are certified, um, and they are part of the team. They help to do vital signs. They help to do a lot of the physical care um, that's done within the hospital or um, the skilled facility that, that a patient might be in.
0: Well, and, and just to, to intercede on one, one area here, so when you're getting your blood pressure, this is just a perfect example. When you're in the hospital and you're getting your blood pressure and your temperature taken, which they do routinely... That person, as they're there, because you see them a lot, you're probably like, hey, can I ask you a question about my care, right? And that person usually will say, well, actually, I'm just here to do your blood pressure and your temperature, but I will get your nurse for you to come in and
1: talk to you about your care, right? Exactly. Because it's not the same person. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, again... Um, Nursing has a plan of care that they implement and evaluate, and all of this information, like blood pressure, vital signs, that kind of thing, is very important, and they are really, they act, the nurse, the RN, acts as the liaison with the rest of the team, including the physicians, the consulting physicians, so they really kind of put it all together Um, And and with all of this information and really monitor, really implement um, both the nursing and medical plan of care and then evaluate it, make changes where needed Needed. Mm -hmm. as as patients change.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. What about an IV in the hospital? Who is administering that? Is it a nurse? Yes.
1: Yes. Typically it would be a nurse. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Any medications um, really are under, in a hospital setting, are in the purview. In other settings, they may have um, some different um, uh, people who might do that. But in the hospital, it is definitely the nurse.
0: Great information. I mean, this is just important to know. And I want to stress in community. So if you're in an independent living, assisted living, a licensed, I should say, assisted living memory care, those are licensed. Um, there is a director of nursing on staff. So if you're ever concerned about your loved one's care, you can ask, you know, the person walking down the hallway. But if I were you, I would say I'd like to meet with your director of
1: nursing because that's the person who's the oversight, correct? Correct. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, really is the person responsible for the nursing care within that community, facility, whatever it might be. So, absolutely. So, share with us why we're talking about nursing today. (laughs) So, There is a reason behind the reason. Yes. So, you know, we used to celebrate Nurses Day, and that kind of evolved into Nurses Week. Um, And now, again, the American Nurses Association has really evolved in this to really a nursing month. And a lot of different professions have a month dedicated to really celebrating nurses. But you know, as we've talked about, nursing is on the front line. Um, there are four 4.3 million registered nurses in every aspect of healthcare and they are crucial in delivering care, um, evolving our healthcare systems locally and nationally. Um, helping address health care disparities, which is huge, and really improving our local health and on a on a national level as well. So um, Nurses Week, the ANA has dubbed Nurses Week for this year, to uh, the theme is nurses make a difference. And you know, nurses belong to lots of different organizations. And you really, as we talked about, see nurses in a wide variety of settings. So I'll give you an example of the Defense Health Agency who really that is an agency that represents our military nurses so you don't always think about that but again in the civilian life and in military life and they've taken the nurse makes nurses make a difference one step further saying that they make a difference anytime anywhere and always. Amen. I'll add to that, amen. <laughs> yes, yes. And they really wanted to honor and, you know, really call out nurses' unwavering commitment to their patients and the value that nurses provide to the entire health team in, in accomplishing um, our health care mission, if you will, um, you know, really across across the country. So I do think it's very um, interesting and and. I think it's good that we're going from Nurses Week to Nurses Month because with everything that nursing does... They deserve a whole month. That's we all I deserve got to say. a month. Absolutely. So, so it was
0: May 6th, and right. now it's the entire week, May 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, all the way to the 13th, and now it's the whole month of May. Exactly. And it exactly. should be the whole month of May. Exactly. So listeners, my, my takeaway is please thank your nurse today, Please do something special for them. If you have a, a mom or dad in the in the nursing home, bring cookies for the nurses. Bring, you know, snacks, food, fruit, healthy choices are always good. But this is the kind of opportunity we have right now to give back and say thank you to our nurses. You're listening to the Patriot, FM 101.5 AM 1400. This is Wendy Jones and you're listening to the Patriot, FM 101.5 AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today is nursing, and we have Denise Robertson with us. And in case you missed it in the last segment, the entire month of May is nursing month. And I think our nurses deserve a month, and that's why we wanted to have Denise here to share all the different things about nursing, which has been fascinating, by the way, because there's a lot of information that we don't understand, and we assume you know, if someone says, I'm a nurse, you don't even realize that there's a couple different types of nurses. So we've learned a lot in the last two segments. But Denise is going to share with us, you said there's a different theme. Talk to us a little bit about the theme for the month of May.
1: Right. So again, the American Nurses Association, or the ANA, has um, selected the theme, You Make a Difference. However, What they are going to do is each week of Nurses Month is going to be dedicated to a particular topic. So the first one being self-care. So within self-care, that's really, and and really overall, why does the ANA do this? Because their goal is to really inspire nurses to engage in activities that make a positive difference in their own health and well-being, their professional development and then in their community. So, you know, it's it's a individual and a in a broader context. So, week 1 is focusing on self-care. So, really taking time um, for the nurses to do their own self-assessment. You know, nursing is a very very stressful role, very stressful, and it is really, really important that nurses recognize when they're getting stressed. Um, There are lots of things available out there to help deal with that. And I I think, you know, especially within the hospital setting, you do see, you know, different um, rooms, even meditation rooms and things available where nurses can step away for a few minutes and just have some quiet time to reflect. Because again, very, very stressful environment. Um, then the second week of the month is going to be dedicated to recognition. And as Wendy mentioned, you know, recognize the nurses that you know. That would be an awesome thing. I know in the hospitals, there always are different activities during, um, and sometimes I will say the hospitals focus on nursing week. The ANA has expanded it to a month, but, you know, hospitals may definitely focus on weekly um, activities, Things that happen within a week to really recognize their nurses. Um, and then the third week is professional development. Again, nursing actually, um, our nurses are required. As I said, it's not a one and done in order to um, get your license renewed every two years, you do have to have continuing education. So the professional development um, focus is really on you know having the nurses not only do that, um, because they have to do that for their license, but really taking the time, looking at professional seminars, things that they're very interested in. There is just a wealth of things out there. And in this day and age, with virtual learning, there's all kinds of ways um, for nurses to um, get additional education and and just more information. And then the last week of the month is community engagement. So again, um, you know, we would like to um, have everybody who can. To really uh, pay tribute to a local nurse or recognize nurses, if you can, um, partner with um, healthcare organizations to, you know, sponsor um, something for Nurses Week. And and trust me, it, being in the hospital, especially during Nurses Week, lots and lots of communities um, uh, sponsors do come in and help with supporting and really raising up our nurses for everything that they do for us. Really. All year long, day in and day out. So Nurses Week is just a great opportunity to really take the time, really to take the time to
0: do something outside of the ordinary, step outside of ourselves for a hot second and thank somebody who's serving us. And that is what nurses do. Nurses serve. They're there for people when they need it the most. And that's usually when we have some type of health crisis and the nurse is there to help us. In whatever venue. And I want to point out a couple of things that I found interesting about what you said. So every two years you have to renew your license. Absolutely. Yep. So that's important to know too, because it's not like, you know, people think, well, I have someone who's, you know, 80 years old and they're a nurse. Well, it doesn't matter. She's renewed her license for the last 50 years. Right.
1: Right. So, if anything, that's amazing because she's got all that knowledge. Right. And interestingly, um, in the state of Michigan, they will uh, kind of change the requirements. Uh, For example, um, you know, 25 credits are needed of continuing education. But because things like human trafficking have been, you know, really intense. at the forefront mm-hmm. and intense, um, that is one of the requirements. So education and human trafficking, um healthcare bias, identifying your own bias um that you might not know that you have. That's also has recently just Last year became a requirement for nurses in the state of Michigan. So, you can obviously, um, and pain management. So, there, there's a number of things that are critical that, in order in the state of Michigan, and every state's going to be a little bit different, we'll focus on. Um, and then you have the opportunity to get continuing education in your area of interest, maybe the area that you work in in the hospital, because again, Uh, I think most people know in the hospital you can be on a cardiac floor, you can be, you know... In intensive care. Right, in Mm -hmm. the intensive care unit. So there's a lot of different um, aspects. The other thing is, um, while we're talking about continuing education... If a nurse is a nurse practitioner, for example, or has an advanced degree in practice, um, that will go up exponentially. So, for example, um, in my uh, as a nurse practitioner, to renew my license, um, to renew my certification, I will say, as a nurse practitioner, that's a little. I renew my nursing license every two years. Every three years, I renew my certification, and that requires 150. Um, Continuing hours. education hours. Yes. Oh. Yes. So again, Whole different you know, bubble. yes, you can feel assured that, you know, um, which we all want to make sure that the nursing, whichever, um, you know, role that they hold, are. Being accountable to the degree that they have, and that's or why they have the program. Absolutely, so that's great. Absolutely. So,
0: tell us a little bit about Denise, the
1: future of nursing, and what do you see, you know, as some of the struggles that we have. So, you know, I think we all know that the pandemic um, really kind of rocked healthcare in totality, right? It rocked all of us. Um, but even prior to the pandemic, you know, we struggled with the nursing shortage and that would kind of ebb and flow over the years. But with the pandemic, we did see a lot of, um, you know, retirements that really have started to outpace the entrance into the field of nursing. Um, I have always thought, and interestingly, um, a friend of mine was recently in the hospital, and when I visited her, I had the opportunity to talk with a student nurse. He was actually going to be graduating just in three days. What a um, great opportunity. It was, and, you know, we talked about all of the nursing is such a, um, it's so rich with opportunity. There are so many different Types of nursing that you can do, even within a hospital, different areas. You mentioned the ICU versus a cardiac floor, versus an oncology or cancer floor. You know, there's lots of different things you can do. You can be a nurse educator in the hospital, and all of the other roles that we talked about: community, hospital, office. There's so much. So we definitely, though, have seen a decline in enrollment um, and. And that is in part to a struggle with even getting nursing instructors. That has been, um, you you know, a real challenge. So building an adequate supply of nurses is going to be um, critical for us going forward. And, you know, during the pandemic, all sorts of things um, happened to try, you know, we had travel nurses, we had nurses that came from areas in the country that were not being so impacted um, by the pandemic to areas that were being heavily impacted. So um, this sort of mobilizing our workforce across the country um, really um, helped us through that. But going forward, making sure that we have an adequate supply is really number one. That as the population ages... There's even more uh, demand for health care um, because of aging, chronic disease, and then, you know, just support for that going forward. So it's wonderful that our life expectancy is getting longer, um, but that in turn means that, you know, we will require more care going, going forward. Um, so with nursing, we need to create a safe environment for nurses that is empowering And healthy. Um, And and that really does mean some of the things that we talked about, having a meditation room, being able to have work-life balance. um, It is so very important so that we don't burn out the staff that we have. Um, We need public policies that support quality health care. We need to look at health care disparity. That is huge. Um, And then laws and regulations that enable nurses to practice at the full extent of their license and their education. So that is going to be, um, you know, really important to go forward. Um, You know, there has been. There has been. Hold that thought. We're going to go into the next segment because we do need more
0: nurses. So stay tuned on what we can do to help. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today is nursing, and we're here with Denise Robertson. We're moving into our last segment, and what a great program! We have talked about so much, Denise, and we've all learned so much from you in regards to nursing, and it's really a critical component of life. We need nurses, and like she was talking about, the future. Listeners, if you've got students that are graduating high school, that are moving into college, this is an opportunity to encourage them to go into nursing, because we are short nurses, not just in Michigan, in the United States. I mean, you've seen it happen almost all over, correct?
1: Absolutely. Um, It is a nationwide issue. Um, I will say, I mentioned talking to that nursing student, you know, one good thing is there is no lack of jobs. In fact, he was offered two positions um, that, and he chose to take a position at um, Children's Hospital of Michigan. But he was very interested in adult critical care medicine as well. So we talked about the fact that the awesome thing about nursing is you can do one thing if you don't um, you know, if, even if you do like it, you may find that you just want to Gravitate experience to a new something area. else. Mm-hmm. I myself have worked even in the hospital as an RN before I became a nurse practitioner. I worked in pediatrics. I worked in adult medical surgical nursing intensive care unit. I worked as a nurse educated educator I worked as a nurse manager and eventually um, even after my nurse practitioner and doctorate of nursing degree I was in a leadership role or administration which is a whole nother aspect of, of nursing but it really helps you kind of um, you know impact, The care and future going forward. So it's, you know, really integral. All of these roles are so integral. And, you know, as we, I think I mentioned briefly about telehealth, but during the pandemic, telehealth became something that was needed. But now has you know emerged as something that lots New. of patients mm-hmm. need need and want. You know you can't always do telehealth. I will put a, a plug that you know sometimes you have to actually be seen in person. But you know everybody is busy and telehealth is definitely out there and it's there going forward for the future. So we need nurses to help support telehealth. We still need and really need um, home health care nurses and nurses in long-term care and rehab, um, as well as outpatient centers. You know, in years gone by, I've been in nursing for so long, the things that used to um, cause a patient to be admitted to the hospital in the past are not something that would cause someone to be admitted in this day and age. So there is a lot of care that is done in the outpatient realm, whether that is in a different type of facility than a hospital or home health care, or just seeing, you know, your primary care physician, for example, or even a specialist. Again, nurses work in all of those areas and are really needed. So
0: just a quick story, because as you're talking, it's reminding me. So I think it's important because urgent care is a big thing now too. Yes. And it's important to understand the difference as we're talking. And that's why I asked you about the IV too. So I had a friend who was um, having an allergic reaction, a very serious allergic, like her throat started closing up. So of course she calls me and not 911. But anyway, so (laughs) when she called me, she was driving and I said, where are you? And she's like, well, I'm driving to the urgent care. And I said, right immediately, I said, no, you're not. You're driving to the closest emergency room. And I knew this because of just the experience of being in the industry. But when you have an allergic reaction and you need an IV of some sort to get that, you need to be in an an actual hospital in an emergency department. So it would have been, um, they would, urgent care probably would have sent her to the hospital. In, a, in an ambulance. So so I avoided that little trip for her, But and I'm not a doctor or a nurse. But these are the things that are important to understand, listeners, because you don't want to make the wrong decision. And that's why calling 911 is usually a good decision if there's an urgent matter, so that the ambulance can make that decision for
1: you, correct? Absolutely. And then just in general, uh, that was a very urgent situation. But and uh, currently, even your primary care offices, they will, um, there. there is something called a patient-centered medical home. Many physicians subscribe to that. It's kind of part of their uh, partnering with insurance, medical insurance, and they have um, slots available so that, you know patients can come in when they need to be seen generally because we know that you know there can be delays in in being seen so knowing the difference and they they will tell you though and i'm sure everybody's heard it when they call their doctor's office if this is a medical emergency hang up and call 911 it sounds so, just like that right and that is exactly the information that they should be giving But, you know, again, nurses can help. I I can recall, you know, being a nurse practitioner in in a cardiology office, I would feel calls all the time from patients, you know, and we would discuss what are the symptoms, what do you need to do? Do you need to go to the ER? Can we see you, you know, later today? Or is this something that you need to go to the ER? So, you know, nurses, again, are integral in all of these different aspects of health care.
0: It's an important, it
1: is very important.
0: Can I ask you a question, Denise, and you may or may not know this answer, but what are, what's your personal feelings on why we are struggling with nursing as far as getting enough nurses right
1: now? You know, I think that it is uh, definitely a very hard um, profession. And when you think about it, I, you know, sometimes even think about ours, um, you know, rotating weekend. Some people don't want to, the schedule is not always something that they want to do. Um, Typically nurses work 12 hours. That may work for some people, for others, maybe who have children or other responsibilities, that's not going to work. Um, And, and, you know, the stress of think about what nurses deal with on a day to day basis, people, um, and particularly in a hospital setting, um, because they're often dealing with life and death situations, and they need really to be supported emotionally and spiritually, um, to help deal with it, it is it is very tough. Um, And I think, you know, we probably have a lot of opportunity to really raise nurses up more, um, and I mean that in uh, a number of ways, monetarily. When you compare with other um, professions, professions, right? Mm-hmm. That you know are not working uh, the midnight shift and are not working weekends and holidays. You know that that is um, you, you know that is quite different. Um, but I also think that you know. Nurses have to have the heart for nursing. We know that. That, that is um, something not everybody does, and, you know, that's okay um, for sure. Um, interestingly, I will say, way back when, when I first started, before I started an associate's degree RN program, I took a test because it was requ- a requirement of the college that actually um, they told me, oh, I probably shouldn't go into nursing. And I had been working in a hospital as a co-op high school student as a nursing assistant. And I said, well, I'm pretty sure that I know my heart and this is what I want to do and... Here you and, are you know, today. <laughs> more than 45 <laughs> years later, I think I made the right
0: decision. I think you did and you have every single degree and thing that you can have to get into the nursing area yeah. Yeah, so you in- covered inter- it all. Yeah,
1: interestingly, they call like my last degree, the doctorate of nursing practice, a terminal degree. It means I've got you got everything you can I have. got what I can get in nursing, which has been it has been a wonderful career that I would not change one thing ever. So I'm, I'm very blessed. And I'm hoping, and that is the one thing that we can, as nurses do, we can support other nurses, our young nurses who challenge, because honestly, we lose a lot of nurses in the first year out of school for them. Believe it or not, even though they've put in all of this time and education, When they get to being on their own as a nurse. So, you know, there is a lot of work being done around supporting our nurses because, you know, trying to retain nurses is a a challenge in and of itself as well. So it's both bringing nurses into the profession and keeping them.
0: So, listeners, I feel like we have a job to do this month, in the month of May. And if you can take a step outside of your normal realm and thank a nurse today, I encourage you to do that. If you're in an environment where you have a nurse that's working with you, or then definitely take the opportunity. And you know, like like she mentioned in the beginning, Denise, we need more nurses. So what do, what do nurses need? Encouragement. They need to hear the positive things. Let's start focusing on focusing on the positive all that they've done for us, all that they're still doing for us, and someday what they're going to be doing for you. So listeners, really, let's let's just wrap our arms around these nurses. Let's thank them. Let's pour into them. Let's encourage them. And let's make a difference in their lives because we can do that because they're making a difference in our lives every single day. So Denise, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for all those years that you served all those people. And all the patients and the lives that you've touched personally. And nurses, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you for what you do every day. Being on the front line for us. For us. Go be blessed today.